بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد رسلی اللہ رسول الکریم اما بات الحمد للہ ٹوڈے از دا الیونتھ آف ڈسمبر ان دا ایئر الحمد للہ وی موڈ آن ٹو دا session that we're going through the commentary of the blessed surah al-anbiya alayhi salatu wasalam and i've reached verse 89 so inshallah today going through up to and including verse 90 so verse 89 and remember zakaria alayhi salatu wasalam when he cried out to his lord oh my lord leave me not without offspring though you are the best of inheritors so now allah the almighty and glorious is mentioning his beloved servant zakaria alayhi salatu wasalam and he's mentioned that he's made a dua so in another passage adding details surah 3 verse 39 in surah ali imran surah 3 verse 39 it mentions the So the translation, whilst he was standing in prayer in the chamber, the angels called unto him, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does give you glad tidings of Yahya, alayhi salatu wa salam, witnessing the truth of a word from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, noble, chaste, and a prophet of the company of the righteous. So note, details are added in other places of the Quran so he's made a dua now it mentions here in surah Ali Imran he's standing in the chamber this was the chamber of uh, Maryam and he noticed that fruit was being given to her out of season and he was encouraged to make a dua in that blessed chamber so now to add details so this report is in Ibn Hajar in his preparations for the Day of Judgment, page 24, Councils of Four. Muhammad ibn Ahmad, he recited this verse, verse 39. He explained, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala described Yahya alayhi salatu wasalam as Sayyid, despite being his slave, because he had overpowered four things, passion, shaitan, the tongue, and anger. So if you look at the verse Surah 3 verse 39 Allah Ta'ala mentions Yahya alayhi salatu wa salam With certain titles He goes Wasayyida wa hasuda So Sayyid means master But one of the righteous salaf He said that the reason He's called the chief master Because he's mastered four things His passion, the shaitan The tongue And his anger Also it mentions in Imam Qurtubi in his tafsir, i.e. volume 3, page 218 of the English translation. So Imam Qurtubi, he said, Rahmatullah, the name of Yahya, alayhi salatu wasalam, in the first book was Haya. So even though he's called Yahya, alayhi salatu wasalam, in the, the book of decree, he was called Haya. His name is Haya, And he will be called Yahya. An-Naqash mentioned this. 
Qatad rahmatullah said that he was called Yahya because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him life with iman and prophethood. So one of the tabi'een rahmatullah said the reason he's called Yahya because he was born, he was given nabuwat and iman. Then Imam Purtubi said, some of them said that Yahya is called this because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala received people or revived people through his guidance. So people who were dead became alive through his efforts. That's why he was called Yahya. Muqatil rahmatullah said, it is derived from the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Al-Hayy, the living. It is said that it was because he revived the relatives of his mother. So basically his name is Yahya. But it's derived from the word Haya, meaning life, Allah's blessed name. And he was given life by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And his mother who was past the age of having children, Allah revived the relatives. So this is another meaning why he's called Ayi Yahya alayhi salatu wa and also, he's called Hasur. If you look at the verse, Surah 3, verse 39. وَسَيِّدًا وَحَسُولًا So again, in Imam Qurtubi, in his Tafsir, volume 3, page 220 of the English translation, Hasur, celibate, is derived from Hasr, meaning confinement. So when you confine somebody, that's Hasr. The verbs Hasra, and ahsara mean to confine. So why is he called Hasur? Well, how is the relationship here? So it means he was celibate. He kept away. <laughs> Imam Qurtubi then said, A she-camel, that is Hasur, has a narrow opening to a teat. So, so if you look at the Arabic language, uh, a she-camel that is difficult to milk, is called Hasur. Why? Because it has a narrow opening. Imam Qurtubi said, A man who is hasur does not go to women as if he was held back from them. Like I mentioned, celibate. The fourth meaning, hasur and hasir are used for a man who is confined to bed and does not go out. So note again the connotations. He's stuck in his bed, he's confined. That's also a hasur. He goes, we find also in the Quran and he recites Surah 17 verse 8 We have made hell a hasir for the unbelievers. We have made hell a prison for the unbelievers. So not prison means confinement as well. Then he mentions Imam Qurtubi. Hasir is where the king sits because he is veiled from others. The special place for the king where nobody else is allowed to sit. Then Imam Qurtubi says, Ibn Mas'ud, Ibn Abbas, Ibn Jubair, Qatada Atah, they said, it means he does not approach women, although he is able to do so, meaning he's got the desire. But his strength of Iman overflows and he goes, he has no, he doesn't uh, turn to them. This is from the, the companions as well. Then Imam Qurtubi said, this is the soundest of the various views for two reasons. The first reason is that it is praise for him and praise is given for an acquired trait which is not in it. 
So what did Imam Qurtubi mean? So why would he be praised for not approaching women? He goes, because he's controlling his desire. That's why you praise him. If it was just something that you know he naturally had, because there's no need for praise. Then Imam Qurtubi said, the second meaning is because it expresses an active choice, meaning he restrained himself from his appetites. This might have been part of his divine law. Our Shariat, however, stipulates marriage, as was already mentioned. So Imam Qurtubi said that this is something maybe for the previous dispensations of Shariat, that it was praised not to keep away from women. Because of course, our Shariat says you should get married. Ibn Abbas, Sa'id ibn al-Masayyib, and Ad-Dahaq, they said that Hasur refers to someone who has been castrated. It is said that it means he kept himself from disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He restrained. So look how amazing. You've got one word in the Quran. In Surah 3 verse 39, where it goes, وَحَسُولَ And all it says here in the translation, he's chased. Right? So you think, well, does that mean chased? So note, Allah said, he is Sayyid, he is a leader, he is godly, and he is immense in terms of his control of his natural inclinations. And of course, he's amongst the company of the righteous. And also then, in Surah Maryam, Surah 19, verse 15. In Surah 19, verse 15, there's a further detail. So he mentions there. So this is about Yahya wasalam. And what does Allah say about him? He says, وَسَلَامٌ عَلِيهِ يَوْمَ وُلِدَ وَيَوْمَ يَمُوتُ وَيَوْمَ يُبْعَثُ Peace be upon him the day he was born, the day that he dies, and the day that he will be raised up to life again. So now what's interesting about this? In this verse, Surah 19 verse 15, Allah the Almighty Himself has stated these words on Yahya. Alayhi salatu wasalam. But in verse 33, in Surah Maryam, Isa alayhi salatu wasalam says it on himself. Peace is upon me the day I was born, the day that I die and the day that I shall be raised up to life again. So what's the difference? Chalk and cheese. If Allah says in praise of a person and a prophet praises himself, there's a difference. So note here, Allah is showing the status of Yahya. There's just a few things about Yahya. There's a report in Ibn Asakir, Ad-Dur al-Mandur and al-Bidayah. Our beloved Messenger said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Where is the mot, the son of the mot, who wears hair of camels and eats the trees, eats the fruits of the trees for fear of sin? Ibn Wahab, Rahmatullah, said, He meant Yahya ibn Zakariya, alayhi salatu wasalam. So here in this direct report, the Prophet وسلم, said he's a martyr, meaning that he ended his life in martyrdom. And he's the son of a martyr. So Zakariya was also martyred, وسلم, and he and he mentioned that he wears the, the skin of camels, or the sorry, the hair of camels, and eats the fruits of the trees, meaning he keeps away from people. Hasur. And he goes, This is Yahya. 
In another report, in Hakim in his Mustadrak, Ibn Abi Hatim, Ibn Ishaq, Adul Al-Mandul Al-Bidayat, our beloved messenger said, said, on the day of judgment, every human being will come with a lapse except Yahya ibn Zakariya. On the day of judgment, every human being will come with a lapse except Yahya ibn Zakariya. So what does this mean? So if you look at certain instances in the Prophet's lives, they did something which was the less of the better causes. Yahya never did that. Subhanallah. Imagine. He goes, he hasn't got a lot. The Prophet said, because he's going to be his Lord in this state. In another report, in Ahmad, Hakim and his Mustadrak, Ibn Hiban, Abu Ya'la, Addiya, Addur al-Mantur. Our beloved messenger, he said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Hassan and Hussein, Radiyallahu Anhuma, are the leaders of the youths of the people of paradise. And also, Yahya and Isa, alayhi salatu wasalam, May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be pleased with them both. So, famously the Prophet did say, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, my grandsons are the youths of the people of paradise, meaning that they will have the honor of, with the standard, and the youths follow them into paradise. But the Prophet then added, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that Isa and Yahya, the cousins, also the youths enter paradise with them, Alayhi Salatu Wasallam. And this indicates that Allah Ta'ala has honored them with their youth, i.e. The, the youth being entering paradise with them. In another report it mentions, in Asbahani and Al-Bidayah, Abu Suleiman Rahmatullah said, once Isa ibn Maryam and Yahya ibn Zakariya, wasalam, they were going for a walk. And Yahya wasalam, then brushed against the woman. Isa wasalam, said, oh cousin, today you have performed a transgression that will never be forgotten. Yahya wasalam, said, What is the transgression, O cousin? He wasalam, said, A woman that you brushed. Yahya wasalam, said, By Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I did not even feel her presence. Isa wasalam, said, Subhanallah, your body is with me, but where is your soul? Yahya said, it is hung in the arsh. <laughs> so now think about this. What sort of a conversation is this? Well, prophets, when they talk to each other, they're not going to be like me and you. So obviously, like when a person somewhere else, he doesn't, he's not aware of his surroundings. So he inadvertently brushed against the woman. So Isa detected it. He goes, you've committed. And look how they're talking. You know, if that would be in you, you won't even say anything. Only he's probably by accident. But the prophets treat them as major crimes. He goes, you committed a huge transgression. He goes, what have I done? And then he says, oh, he goes, no, no. He goes, my, Arish, uh, my soul is in the Arish. Meaning, I didn't even know. In another report, it mentions. So this is in uh, Ibn Asakir and Qisas al-Quran. Wahbib ibn Munabbih, rahmatullahi he said, the fear of Allah the Almighty had so much dominated Yahya wasalam, that most of his time he was seen weeping. So much so that the signs of profuse weeping had left visible marks on his cheeks. His father Zakariya once found him in the wilderness after a long search and found him weeping. On inquiry, the son replied, O oh, my dear father, 
have you yourself not told me that in between paradise and hell there is a desolate plain which cannot be crossed without shedding tears with the fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and paradise cannot be achieved and here in this zakaria alayhi salatu wasalam also began to weep subhanallah so here in this report from wahab ibn munabbih one of the tabi'in uh, who was a rabbi meaning he had knowledge of previous scripture as well he said that he wept so much that he had he had um, vertical lines on his cheeks like grooves in his cheeks and umar also had this umar radiyallahu in ibn sa'ad in istabaqat so they wept so much they had grooves and then he's gone missing so the father zakaria is looking for him he finds him in the wilderness he goes why are you weeping what's happening and then he told him because you told me that you can only cross a certain valley to get to paradise if you shed tears so i'm acting upon that and then what happened zakaria started to weep alayhi salatu wasalam so if you look at these reports you realize the station of sayyidina yahya alayhi salatu wasalam so going back to the dua what did zakaria alayhi salatu wasalam pray for in verse 89 he goes rabbi la tadhirni fardan wa anta khayrul warithin oh my lord leave me not without offspring though you are the best of inheritors so now another thing which is worth pointing out in surah 19 verse 8 and 9 so back to surah maryam surah 19 verse 8 and 9 allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions there that he said oh my lord how shall i have a son when my wife is barren and i have grown quite decrepit from old age He said, so uh, he said, so it will be. Your Lord says that is easy for me. I did indeed create you before when you had been nothing. So look how interesting. Allah Taala answers his dua, and he just wants clarification. So he says, "How shall I have a son?" And he mentions two things: my wife is past the age of bearing children, and I've also grown old. So Allah Taala then says in verse nine, but it doesn't say Allah Taala. He said, "Call." So it will be. So who is it now speaking here? So it will be. Who is he in this clause? Following the majority of scholars, it means the angel who brought the message. So look how interesting he's talking. He's asking, and according to most of the scholars, he said, "Call a kadalik." Meaning it will happen. That's the angel Jibril. Then it says, "Kala Rabbu ka your Lord said, 'This is easy for me. I did indeed create you before when you had been nothing.' So what's the hint here? There is a subtle meaning. Yahya alayhi salatu wasalam was the harbinger of Isa alayhi salatu wasalam preparing the way for him, and this sentence prepares us for the more wonderful birth of Isa himself alayhi salatu wasalam." So who came first? Who was born first? Yahya. But Allah Taala is preparing, as if to say, this is amazing. That a mother and father, they are given a son despite their extreme old age. Allah Taala goes, this is easy for me. <laughs> and then He goes, I created you when you were nothing. In other words, you know, this is not something difficult. But the fact that He asked that, which is interesting, look how interesting He asked. And also, there's another. 
Watch it in Surah 20. So going back to the verse. Surah 21 verse 90. So verse 90. We listened to him and we granted him Yahya We cured his wife for him. These, I three, were ever quick in emulation in good works. They used to call upon us with hope and fear and humble themselves before us. So now there's a point here. If you look at verse 90, Allah Ta'ala uses a very interesting word for his wife. وَأَصْلَحْنَا لَهُ زَوْجَةً We aslahna his wife. Aslaha has many meanings. It means to improve, to mend, to reform, to make better. Thus, with reference here to Zakariya's wife, the significance is twofold. Number one, her barrenness is going to be removed so that she could become a mother. And secondly, her dignity should be raised in becoming the mother of a prophet. And by implication, in becoming the father, becoming the son of, uh, uh, having a son who is also a prophet. So look how beautiful Allah uses that word, meaning that we, you know, like we cured his wife. It doesn't say cure, islah. If you say islah, what does that mean? It means to correct. So if you literally translate it, because we corrected his wife, what does that mean? It means we made her ready to have a child. And also we raised Islam means because he became a mother of a prophet. Well, Hayy Hafiz ibn Taymiyyah, he says something. So in his work, Iqtida as-Sirat al-Mustaqim, Ibn Taymiyyah, he said, when Al-Asha recited poetry, during the poetry he made a statement, women are an overwhelming evil to a strong man. So this is part of his poetry he's reciting. And he says during the poetry, women are an overwhelming evil to a strong man. Rasulullah repeated it, and he said, women are an overwhelming evil to a strong man. He confirmed that. This is in Abdullah ibn Ahmad in his Zawaid al-Musnad from Al-Asha al-Mazini. It is classified as Hassan by Al-Haytami in Majma al-Zawaid 8-128. So look how interesting. That statement is true. If you have a strong man, a woman is still a great fitna for him. So Ibn Taymiyyah then said, Rahmatullah Thus, Allah the Almighty reminded Zakaria of his blessing when he said, and he recited this portion, وَأَصْلَحْنَا لَهُ زوجة, And we cured for him his wife. Some of the scholars have said it is appropriate for a man to discipline with strength in asking Allah to amend his wife. So look how interesting. Hafiz ibn Taymiyyah, he calls a hadith and he goes, a strong man can be affected by a woman. The only way the prophets, you know, if you notice, the prophets get affected is by their wives. So... Allah Ta'ala Ibn Taymiyyah said gave Zakariya a tremendous honor. He goes, he cured his wife, meaning it wasn't just a physical, it was absolutely she was given this purity, meaning that she will never cause him any trouble or pain. 
And then he mentions that some of the scholars actually say that the husband can discipline his wife to a certain degree. Or not, he said, he said some of the scholars, meaning he wasn't really happy with that. And just to add a few details. In Ibn Jarir and Ibn Kathir's tafsir, Abdullah Ibn Abbas, he recited this portion of verse 90. فَاسْتَجَبْنَا لَهُ وَبَهَبْنَا لَهُ يَحْيَا وَأَصْلَحْنَا لَهُ زَوْجَا So we listened to him. We granted him Yahya. We cured his wife for him. They said, she was barren, never had a child. Then she gave birth. She was barren, never had a child, and she gave birth. So meaning that even though she, she had a youth, she had everything, but she wasn't she didn't have the ability to have children. So Allah Ta'ala corrected that in, in her old age. So it wasn't just a case that you know, she could have children. It was a double miracle. She couldn't have children. So Allah Ta'ala not only corrected that, she gave her the strength to have children as well. According to the Salaf. Also, if you look at the verse further on, Allah Ta'ala says, These were quick in emulation and good works. إِنَّهُمْ قَانُوا يُسَارِعُونَ فِي الْخَيْرَاتِ So who are these? These are the three. Zakaria, his blessed wife, and Yahya. So what does Allah Ta'ala say about them? يُسَارِعُونَ فِي الْخَيْرَاتِ They were quick in doing good. What does that mean? So, بَغْوِي الْقَشَّاف ابن أَبِي شَيْبَ ابن كَتِيرِ تفسير. So, فعنا الثوري رحمة الله عليه, he explained, he said that meaning that their hope for that is with us and fear that which is with us. So the verse continues. They used to call on us with fear and humble themselves. They called upon us with fear and humility. So Sufyan Atoli Rahmatullah said means they fear that is with us and they hope for that which is with us. They had that perfect balance. They weren't too hopeful and they weren't too fearful. And this is why Hafiz ibn Qayyim rahmatullahi said, if you tilt, because it's like a bird, because the one wing is hope, one wing is fear. Because if you tilt one, the bird, because it won't be able to fly. Because they have to balance. So you fear Allah Ta'ala, but not with extreme fear. And you hope, but not with extreme hope. This is the normal scenario. But there are exceptions. Umar radiyallahu, he had extreme fear and extreme hope. And the proof of that was the report in Abu Nu'im where he said that if one of my feet is in paradise, I still fear that I'm, I'm not going to enter. <laughs> so, why? Because he thinks the other foot's going to get in. Somebody goes, what? You, you're there. Right? And he goes, no, I'm not there. And also he said uh, famously, because if the announcement is made that all of you will enter paradise except one, I fear I will be that one who will not enter. Extreme fear. And he goes, and if all of you were to enter hell except one, I would hope that I'm that one. So this is Umar. Me and you, obviously, you know, you can hope for that. Ain't it? So, note here, Allah Ta'ala is mentioning they were quick in doing good deeds. Allah Ta'ala likes it when you, you know, you do good deeds and you cry to him with fear and hope. And then he says, They humbled themselves. What does that mean? Hassan al-Basri said in Baghwi ibn Abishayba ibn Kathir, Khashi'een are those who humble themselves before Allah, meaning they don't raise themselves up. Abu Bakr Siddiq, what did he say? 
In Hakim Behaki ibn Abishayba ibn Abidunya Kanzul Omal 8-206 Abu Nu'im al-Hilya. Abu Bakr radiyallahu said, I commend you to be conscious and mindful of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to praise him as he deserves and to strike a balance between hope and fear. Why? For Allah the Almighty praised Zakariya and his household والسلام, when he said, and he recited the verse. Where well, Allah says, they were quick in doing good deeds. They called upon us with fear and humbled themselves before us. So Abu Bakr Siddiq says, this is the praise of this blessed household. But you should also have this balance as well. Meaning, don't fear and don't have too much in terms of both. Otherwise, you may go astray. And also, Hafiz ibn Kayyib, he clarified, Rahmatullah, that if you instill too much hope into a person he become audacious isn't that true if you instill hope too much into a person because he'll just think oh, I'm going to paradise anyway then he starts talking you know with you know irreverence and if you put too much fear into a person he gives up because I've blown it there's no hope and eventually that's the disaster meaning get, get a balance and Allah Ta'ala praise this blessed household i.e. in this regard So I'll recite the verse, the verses, and we will conclude. Audhu billahi min ash-shaytanir rajeem, bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Wa zakariya idh nada rabba, rabbi la tadharni fardan wa anta khayrul warifeen. Fasdajabna lahu wa wahabna lahu yahya wa aslahna lahu zawja. إِنَّهُمْ كَانُوا يُسَارِعُونَ فِي الْخَيْرَاتِ وَيَدْعُونَنَا رَغَبًا وَرَهَبًا وَكَانُوا لَنَا خَاشِعِينَ We pray to Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He makes the Qur'an the Rabbi of our hearts. And I pray to Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He forgives me for any edits which I may have inadvertently uttered. Subhanallah <laughs> <laughs>